0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 136 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett here with Jimmy Duresta.
1: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm a little, my voice is a little deep because I just woke up, so let's start. By the end of the, I'm going to have a high pitched voice by the end
2: of this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're also here with David
2: Pacciutto. Good morning, Jimmy Duresta and Bob Claggett.
0: Yes. Good morning. So you're still in California. On California be. time.
1: Yeah. Yep, I'm still here. Yeah. It's 6.30 in the morning for me. Yeesh. Well, how's it going? It's going really good. We're having fun. It's, uh, I, I obviously can't say what I'm doing exactly, but I'm on a TV show where I, I'm I'm in, in a shop, and I'm not the principal person making things. And I kind of said to the people here, I was like, I got to stop making stuff. You got to stop letting <laughs> me make stuff because that's what I'm good at. I am feel like a little little bit of a cage tiger. And uh, so we, they just agreed to let me do all the credits. So I'm going to do my, my bandsaw technique and make all the credits oh, for nice. the show. So I'm excited to do that. So that's going to be fun. Everything, like everybody's that's name, they want me to do everything. So we're going to try and shoot that this week. So my vlog that's going to be out hopefully tonight... I can't really show anything. So I'm showing a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff. I'm like hanging out with the cameraman a lot, asking people a lot of questions about technical stuff. And, uh, so I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning about behind the scenes production stuff. I mean, I'll never get to this level. This like, to me, all I think of myself is like, can't you just use a GoPro? Wouldn't that be good enough? You know, like, <laughs> and, and it, because it's like, it's like TV as opposed to YouTube. It's so funny because like, somebody goes um let's shoot this thing like someone has an idea and it's literally like an hour and a half camera set up and and it's like um from the control room which is like a half a mile away is there is there a hair on Dave's eyebrow can somebody? and then like six people run in and like move the hair off of Dave's eyebrow <laughs> <laughs> He has he has hair above his eyes guys and <laughs> then it's like that. Okay, action, and then you go uh, X, Y, Z, and then you go, okay, cool, alright, let's move on That was an, like wow. an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> It's insane But, like I said, I'm just a I'm just a cog in the wheel of this one A little mm. tiny one I'm like one of those cogs that if it fell out you wouldn't notice, unless it fell out of the bottom of the machine <laughs> I don't believe That's, you
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting uh, little Huh <laughs> Okay. No, because I mean, are so you many enjoying people. it though? Is it?
1: Yeah, I am. I am, and and uh, okay. it's like the best part about it is you know getting to hang out with the people that work here and the people that are on the show, and and it, also after like six months of a crazy move and you know everything we did can't say move too many people get upset, but you know re- <laughs> relocation of my shop. <laughs> This actually Wait, is a relocation.
0: Nice... You've changed. You Used to say move. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a good. It's a good break. It's a good break. You know, kind of get a chance to. I'm making. I'm drawing in an eight by ten notebook, which is something I haven't done in a really long time, and sketching pictures. So it was a good break in the action. I just hope everything's okay back home. So makes me nervous yeah. being away so long. I got a couple of people following yeah. up and watching everything. So. I mean, are
0: you, since you're in an entirely different place and you're like forced, I don't want to say forced to be there, but you're, you know, you're forced to yeah. not go into your own spaces. Are you finding yourself exposed to like some new visual stuff that you wouldn't typically? I mean, are you able to take advantage of the different surroundings for inspiration and stuff?
1: Well, I'm in, I'm in uh Are you California? just in a hotel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, if I was, a, if I was here and then I went to Manhattan, I would like never leave Manhattan, you know what I'm saying? But I left Manhattan and I came here. I can't wait to get back to Manhattan. So, mm. California is a nice place to visit, but I've been here before, and I just—it's just not for me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I noticed a couple of comments like, "Oh, he's going Hollywood." Like, I, I need to remind people this is like the fourth time I'm doing this, and I love New York.
2: So, <laughs>
1: mm. people like you know, people that don't know me as well as other people don't realize that I've done this a few times already in my life. I've been through this yeah. same exact thing. This just happens to be a more potent one with a much bigger budget. Yeah. So, but everything is exactly the same. It's just, instead of seven people, there's like 600. Wow. No, instead of, instead of seven people like doing that thing and like moving the hair off the eyebrow, there's like 45. (laughs) So that's why everything just takes longer.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I hope you get to make some stuff soon.
1: Well, you know what? I just got bandsaw blades. And I, it's so funny. I ordered bandsaw blades from my guy in Long Island, who I've been buying bandsaw blades from since I'm 15. And I said, I'm out in Cal. And I don't really know them. I just, like, I don't know them personally. I just email the place or call up and someone answers the phone. And I call so infrequently that I can never, like, I don't have a relationship with anybody there. But they was like, oh, I know your name. That's what they say. And (laughs) I emailed them. I said, could you send me some bandsaw blades? Because we have this Harbor Freight 14-inch bandsaw. It's just a real POS, but it, it works and it comes with those horribly stamped blades that never stay straight and you can't cut a curve with. So I bought a bunch of cool blades, good blades, and that now I'll be able to make like a proper YouTube video of me doing something on the bandsaw. Probably now it's time for me to make the bandsaw box video I haven't made ever. And, but the guy wrote back to me and he says, because you know, you talk about us all the time and I get so many referrals because I'm sending you the blades you ordered plus a few extras that I want you to try out. All for free. So oh, wow. I want to say thank you to my friends at Timberwolf Blades in Long Island, Long Island Suffolk Machinery. So thank you guys. Awesome. Yeah, it's a very pleasant yep. surprise.
2: If I can chime in, I used yeah. to have that 14 inch Harbor Freight bandsaw and there was absolutely nothing wrong with that bandsaw. It worked perfectly fine. And I had it early early on and for whatever reason I thought I needed something better with a brand right. name. And I ended up buying a Rycon, which I didn't like, and I ended up selling right away, and then moved on to a Grizzly, which is basically the same, same. as the Harbor Freight. Yeah. And um, I was, after three bandsaws, I'm like, I could have held on to that Harbor Freight and been perfectly fine. Yeah. It just, mm.
1: it, it, all it does is line up. It's basically like it lines up the blade through the guides, and you have a, adjustability for your speed. It's got several adjustable pulleys in the back. The funny thing is I didn't put it together. I demand demanded I'm like, I got here the day I got here. I'm like, we need a bandsaw on set. They have like a little tiny Ryobi one, the one that comes from Home, Home Depot. I was like, no, 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 no. I need a real bandsaw, like a 14-inch one. And anyway, it showed up two days later, and the, the art department brought and put it on set. And they set it up fairly incorrectly, and I had to kind of go in the back because I had it on the lowest setting. The bandsaw blade was turning really slow. And every time we move it, there's like nuts and bolts under it. everyone's like, "Oh, there's more nuts like every time we pick it up and move <laughs> it there's like a nut or a bolt or a washer hmm. and it's because of that that bottom is put together it's like several panels put together. It's just one or two of the bolts falling out of that so it's mm. funny the the only The only thing I don't like about those saws because I'm so used to having the deltas is that the adjustability on the guides is all done with wrenches and and allen keys oh. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest difference, and for the price difference, I mean, if if it's a price difference, it's certainly it's certainly a good enough saw, you know, if you, if
2: you and no to, quick release.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's just nuts and bolts everywhere. But like I said, for the price mm-hmm. difference between that and like a bigger comparable bandsaw, if you're willing mm-hmm. to make that, it's it's totally usable.
0: Well, so what about? I've never used the Harbor Freight one, the 14 inch. In fact, the only bandsaw I've ever had is the Grizzly that I have now. Um, only one I've ever used. Come to think of it is there a difference in overall machine weight cuz i know like the grizzly is hefty and like heavy and i don't feel like it's going to move if i'm pushing if i'm trying to resaw something or you know pushing a lot of force across it did you do you have any movement with like a cheaper saw like that no no this one is the, the
1: same weight it's made it's made the same way it's uh, the casting mm. is it's got the big neck casting which is the heavy cast iron part Yeah, Yeah. it it feels like it's made the same way as the Delta. Like I said, the 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 biggest difference is that the adjustable uh, guides are not done with wrenches and Allen keys, as opposed to just like twisting a thumb lock and then adjusting it and then locking it again. But it's all exactly the same shape, and I mean, you know, there's obviously quality variabilities, but at the end of the day, they both do
2: the same thing.
0: Yeah,
1: that's it. Cool.
0: David, what have you been up to?
2: I think this week I'm going to relocate the shop. Oh, (gasps) really? Yeah, I think so. Um, into, Into our car garage, and that way I can just be done with the old house. The new shop isn't quite ready to move in yet. The contractor's not coming out until next week to finish up the stuff, but I want to start working here at home, so... I'm going to kick Kelly's car out of the garage and, <laughs> and put some woodworking tools in there and work out of there for a month or so. Does she know this yet? She knows. She's perfectly okay. fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I
0: was going to say, if not, good luck.
2: Yeah. So I think I'm going to do one final shop tour of the old place and say, this is how it is now. And then mm-hmm. give it a little teaser of what the new shop is going to look like and how it's going to work. And, uh, yeah, I might try to film one more final project there tomorrow morning, something that can be done in a couple hours. Kind of did I kind of like what you did? I think you did, made like a stool or something, Bob. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to do one more just to shed a little tear at the end of the project. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so like the new shop, I know you did some work on it and you had it, and then you decided to get a contractor to come in and finish it all out. Like, what's the state of it now? Like, how far did
2: you? get it's, before this guy comes it's a it looks like a bare bones garage there's no walls oh, okay uh yeah there's there's no there's nothing in there it, it's just completely empty gotcha so yeah they're coming in they're going to do uh they're gonna there, there's an attic and only half the, the the space they're gonna complete it so the attic runs from front to back then insulation walls ceiling and floor i also have a my buddy who's an electrician what's up jack listens to the show he's helping me with all the outlets and stuff
0: nice has anything changed in your plan over the last like several weeks or anything is it still pretty
2: nope we are still on track with my vision nice awesome cool cool
0: um well i've been working on stuff and trying to prepare for maker fair we're leaving so by the time this show comes out i'll already be in new york uh, yeah, we're leaving on Thursday, going to do a bunch of stuff. Um, and actually, so the talk that Jimmy was on, uh, that he can't make now has been kind of reconfigured. And so now it's going to be, oh, they, they announced the lineup for it today. Let me pull it up. Cause now I'm going to feel like a jerk cause I can't remember who it was all was on it. <laughs> okay. So now it's going to be, it's going to be making on YouTube and, um, it's me Uh, Becky Stern, which is really cool. I've never met Becky in person, so I'm looking forward to that. She's awesome. Uh, John Park, Angus from Maker's Muse, and Joel Telling. So we got kind of the spectrum of like different types of makers there, and we're all going to talk about making on YouTube for different reasons, because all of us kind of do it in different ways for different purposes. You know, some of it's for our own stuff, some of it's for other companies, some of it's 3D printing and whatever, electronics. So that'll be really cool. Uh, my only, the only thing I'm, oh, and uh, Caleb Craft is going to moderate it, which is cool. Caleb's, oh, cool.
1: Yeah. Caleb's doing pretty good. That too.
0: Yeah. So I'm kind of bummed though that it's only the 45 minutes because like those are four people that I would really like to talk to f- for longer about that stuff, you know? Um, so I'm sure we'll all be hanging out after. But if anybody's coming to that, I believe it's still on Saturday at like two o'clock. I'll put the That's link the, for the one thing everything.
1: that always bugged me about going to Make a fair is that we fly to California and we talk for 45 minutes and then we stand around for 75 hours. It's
2: like, <laughs> why don't I think you our last one on? was only 30 minutes.
1: But I'm saying yeah. put us on like three more stages, you know, for three different topics because we're there to yeah. meet the fans and answer questions. It always bugs me. So it's like you fly all over to California for a 30 minute thing and then it's over and boom, you're out the door. And then they talk about, you know, making paper airplanes, which is cool. But you know what? We're we're all there with so much potential to have another yeah. great conversation about a different topic with somebody else with you know some other conversation. The one year I talked to, I talked with you guys I think and then I ended up talking on another stage with with Gareth and a couple of the guys. That was fun, you know. And like yeah. we should do that with all of us. Just take advantage. We're there. We're there to hang out. We're there to talk. We're
2: there to meet people. Jimmy, I always like how you will turn the talk into something that's relevant. You'll sign up for one thing, and mm-hmm. then your your talk will turn into something that's more relevant. You're like, yeah, we'll just we'll say we're going to talk about this, and then- <laughs> I always lie. <laughs> yeah, just, they need to know so they can put on a placard.
1: But you know, the fans just want to like have a free for all, which is great. It's always the more fun yeah. conversation. Anyway.
0: Well, it's always awesome, too, like when we get to do those things and then you walk outside and then there's another like hour two hours of conversation yeah. outside the door. Because they're like, we got to get the next people on stage. Everybody go outside. And we just rush outside and then talk for a long time. That's
1: what I'm That's saying. Really cool. like, and like this and then, like, year. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: I was going to say, it? well, this year there's other events happening around the Maker Fair, like I've talked about. There's a, a Matter Hackers uh, yeah. thing on Thursday night. And there's actually going to be a panel discussion there. It's not just like a hangout. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna get a chance to talk about 3D printing and stuff there to the people who are interested, and then there's another like event on Saturday night, and so there are some other things that we get to be a part of, and um, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be cool. I haven't been in New York in a long
2: time either, so that'll be cool. Yeah, Bob. Yes, you're in your new office, and it looks fantastic. I am. Yeah, sitting well, thank at you. your new desk. You totally right tell you sitting at that yes. cool new desk. Yeah,
0: yeah. My monitor is a little high, like the riser that I made. I thought it was right, but it feels like it's about an inch and a half too high. So I may have to figure out how to trim the riser down a little bit. But otherwise, I love the desk. I love the office. It's pretty cool. Now I need to, like, decorate it because it's still very stark, you know, which was Mm -hmm. the intention. I wanted, like, a blank slate. But now it's time to, like, get it full of stuff again. (laughs) (laughs) Get some, you know, get some stuff on the walls and... Stuff like that. But thanks. Yeah. So I've been working on a uh, a couple of things. Last week we talked about the supply cart idea, right? Was that last week? We did. Yes. I built that, I guess, that day after we talked about Mm -hmm. it. And it happened really quickly and turned out to be really cool. It's very basic, but it's just the A frame thing that I was talking about with a clamp rack on one side. So all my clamps are on one rolling cart, which is fantastic. And then the other side is a French cleat. So I can build, built like a, a pegboard panel. So I can put a bunch of pegboard stuff on there and containers for glues and stuff and magnetic strips on a panel. So I've got hand tools or like, you know, wrenches and all that stuff are stuck to that. So it's really awesome because it's all the basic stuff that I use on most projects adhesives and everything, clamps, it's all in one cart. So When I don't need it, I can push up against the wall. And when I do, you know, if I'm doing a glue up somewhere, I can drag the thing to it, pull the clamps that I need rather than like, I'll go across the room and get two clamps and I'll come back and then I'll go back and get two more. And then, you know,
1: so that's that's pretty cool. And, uh,
0: it's very handy and, and heavy. Like I was a little worried because it's, it's like five feet tall. So I was a little worried that with all the weight of the clamps on it, It would be heavier on one side, you know, and that may cause like some instability, but because of the A shape, all of that weight from one side is pushing down on the whole thing, so it's not really pushing out, you know, it's pushing the center of the whole thing down, so it's really stable, and uh, casters are nice and heavy enough so that I can roll it around without any trouble, but it turned out to be really good. So, and like immediately with that one project, the shop got way cleaner because a bunch of tables that were, you know, had like glue and wrenches and all that stuff, that's all clean. All of the clamps are off the like 10 piles on the floor that they were in before. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting though that like one project immediately made the entire space, you know, that much better in a bunch of different ways.
1: I might have to make right. one of those. I have boxes I actually, of Actually, I
2: thought Bob stole your idea, Jimmy.
1: No, no, I, I, I made I made those for the school that I work for, <laughs> the elementary school, but the high school. I made a couple that they requested, so those are kind of more like on yeah. a smaller scale. But no, I need like an industrial one. <clears throat> I, one of my projects I have is I'm going to build a plywood cart, kind of like one you mm-hmm. see at Home Depot, but with a couple of updates. So that's a steel project I'm going to be doing. But I might, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll also do a, a clamp cart because I have the same problem. I have clamps all the way on the other side of the room. Yeah. All the time.
0: Well, and, and and like using the angle of that, you know, the A makes it really good for clamps too because you don't have to worry about them. You don't have to have a hook for the top of the clamp to sit in, you know, so that it doesn't fall off. Just the gravity yeah. holds yeah. it against the the face, which yeah. is really handy. So um, I'll be interested, though, to see, like we talked about last week, like to see the response of like, oh, you're ripping off Jimmy with this card. Or, oh, you're ripping <laughs> off Adam Savage. You're not the <laughs> only person in the world that's ever organized something. So that'll, that'll be fun. But... Yeah, I'm doing that this week, and then I'm also working on for next week, I started making a little project that I'm actually not going to make anymore, but part of it, excuse me, part of it was um, folding metal, some aluminum, really thin aluminum, which I was doing by clamping down a piece of wood to the table and Mm -hmm. like, you know, bending it up, and I was on a Patreon hangout the other night, and Evan from Evan and Caitlin was like, oh, you should make a DIY metal break. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. So I looked around online, found several articles of people that had already made them, and uh, kind of combined the ideas of a bunch of people. And yesterday, in about, I don't know, an hour and a half, made a 30-inch metal brake that clamps to the table. So it's like one piece that I can unclamp and lift off and, you know, put away. And uh, I, I don't know. It's awesome. It went together really quickly. It's very easy to do. Just barely any welding, and you could get away without welding if you wanted to. but. So now I can bend sheet metal. I mean, you know, within reason. (laughs) I can't do all sorts of crazy stuff, but I can bend small pieces, which is pretty cool.
1: That's what I bought a couple months, a couple weeks ago. I bought that big one, like a real, like a proper one, but it's really heavy. So I just used it for the first time in my my bar card. I had to make these little brackets and I had to bend. It's like, (laughs) I guess it was like 16 gauge, maybe a little heavier than 16 gauge metal little aluminum, mm. but I got a nice sharp fold on it. I bought a bunch of these these corner brackets and I didn't buy ones that were half brackets, so I had to make them. I wasn't thinking. So, mm. it's nice having a break. It's fun.
0: Yeah, I'll be interested to see how much I use it. I can't think of any other particular uses for it than the the project that I was going to do in the first place. Um but it's just one of those things that like once I know I have it, I'll end up probably finding ways to use it. Um
1: yeah, once it's there, but the thing it comes part.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, the thing that I was going to make the, uh, originally and fold this aluminum for, I've actually decided to make out of leather now, so <laughs> I don't even need, I don't need the brake for that thing at all, but still may use it, we'll see. Um, so today, oh wait, I want to do, I want to thank our Patreon supporters before we get to our topic, because they're awesome. Um, especially our top supporters, Wise Old Dow, Jedediah Schultz, Evan and Caitlin, were the ones that gave me the idea for the break. Thank you, Evan. Corey Ward, Malton Make, A Glimpse Inside, Works by Solo, Terry Torble, Tor, sorry, Torval Terry. I should read that backwards. Uh, and Make, Build, Modify. But we're really grateful for everybody that supports us on Patreon. And if you don't, you should because we do an after show, after this show, that's extra blabbing for a while <laughs> about other stuff. Um, it's, you know, sometimes more secretive stuff. But hmm. anyway, that goes up on uh, Patreon, and they get to hear it. And they're the only ones that get to hear it. So go check it out. Patreon.com slash making it. Um, we asked our Patreon supporters for questions last week that we would answer in the after show. But we got a bunch of really good ones, so I thought maybe we'd answer some of them <laughs> here. Uh, and we'll do still do some of them in the after show. Okay. <clears throat> But so I'm going to, you guys probably haven't even seen these, but I'm going to read some of them. We'll just kind of take them. Uh, One's from Sean Hogan. How often do you guys get lonely working in the shop by yourself? I know some of you have extra hands around, (laughs) but those days when it's just you, uh, you know, is it more productive, you know, or is it less productive? Just basically asking like, do we get lonely? And do you get stuck in your own thoughts when you're by yourself a lot? That's
1: that's when I do my best work. That's when no one's around. Yeah. It, I, I love working in the shop all day long, all day alone. That's that's the most productive I could possibly be.
2: So no,
1: <laughs> I don't get lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I pretty much have the same answer. I I really like being in the shop alone. That's my time to be with myself and do my thing, and that's where I really shine. Like normally, Eric is there when we're filming projects but that that adds a little bit of pressure but mm-hmm. when i'm doing stuff by myself that's when i think i am the most into what i'm doing yeah i totally agree that's I mean, when i really I free
1: think and like tinker and come up with like bizarre ideas that's that's my favorite time for that
0: yeah i think the the pressure is a good way to put it like and I, it's i think just having another person around like there's a certain human pressure to, like, engage another person that's right next to you. You don't want to completely ignore somebody, I guess, unless you spend... Like, maybe if somebody was with you in your shop every single day, that pressure would go away. Like, I don't have to entertain you all the time. You know, we can just both be here doing separate things. But if somebody's just in every once in a while, you have that... It's like having a house guest. Like, you don't want to have somebody show up at your house and then just, like, ignore them the entire time, (laughs) you know? Um, But, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, I would love to spend as much time as possible in my shop by myself. And I think probably most people that do what we do um, or, you know, people who just make things that they sell or whatever probably are kind of that same way because you went on purpose, you went down the path of like, I'm going to do this thing that only I can do and it requires me to be in a space that's separate from a business or separate from our house or separate from whatever. You know, you're kind of making yourself... kind of separated in that way but i don't know that would be interesting to hear if if that's the case for other people or maybe i'm just imagining that
1: i just also wanted to say that's sean hogan sean hogan if it's the same sean hogan Mm -hmm. he's the one that makes all the music for my vlogs every week every week he he emails me a little track that's usually about a minute long and he goes use it if you want but i've used every single thing he's ever sent me because he's such a creative musician
2: so thank you sean is he the one who did the the, the video with the sounds? Yes, the shop sounds. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Oh man, awesome! The dude's great.
1: He lives in yeah. Connecticut, and he he came to visit me in the shop. And I go, I've known. I, I he walked in the shop. He was there for probably about under a minute, and I said, "What do you do?" He goes, "I'm a drummer." And I handed him a set of pencils. I said, "Drum something," and <laughs> <laughs> drum boy. From that moment on, he was <laughs> he's he's amazing he's an amazing quirky artists so thank you sean
0: (coughs) Hmm. cool um all right here's another one and we talked about this one before but obviously he didn't know the answer so todd asked um how we started the podcast anybody want to anybody want to tell the story quickly
1: i think we we were all having a conversation on facebook and uh, jeff duro who's a big fan and a big supporter of all of us He saw us talking, and he goes, hey, why don't you three guys do a podcast together? And we we had always commented on each other's videos, but we really hadn't really spent any time together at that point. And then we we had a group phone call, and Bob, I think you said, let's record one. If it sucks, no one will have to know.
2: Yeah. And that was it. I think Bob's email was like, uh, you guys want to? And there was like a hesitation question mark because that would be awesome. <laughs> and we were like, yes. I,
0: I, yeah, it was like, oh, I don't know. I will if you will. I don't know. I, I will if you will. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and then we, yeah. And it was very much like we didn't tell anybody we were going to record the first one because we didn't want any pressure of like, you know, put it out there. And yeah, in case it was bad, we were just going to let it like dissolve. But it worked, I guess. Here we are, 136 episodes later. <laughs> um, all right, so this is from Robin Lewis. <clears throat> Excuse me. You guys are in a very competitive field, media production. Have you found that you've become more, as you've become more influential, in, okay, let me start over. <laughs> Have you found that as you've become more influential, it's improved the number of opportunities that are coming your way? Are you hustling harder than before? Listening to Jimmy's stories on set sounds like a great opportunity. But if that's happened through the success of YouTube, then do things uh, must get better as it gets as it gets busier.
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Do things get better I as they feel, get busier?
0: I feel like I and and I I'm doing my best in life not to fall into the I'm so busy trap. Like naturally, I want to do that. I want to complain about how busy I am. And so I have try really hard not to talk about being busy because I choose to do all the things that I do. So it's on me. Um, but I find that I hustle more and I have more to do all the time. Like it feels to me like every month there is more to do than there was last month. And when I look back at like when I went full time and how much time I was actually putting into the work week and the planning and the, all that, I feel like it's exponentially higher now. Than it was at that point. What do you guys think about that?
1: I agree, hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's uh, yeah. Every it seems like there's just so much more to do, and when people find out, like I'm on this TV show, and everybody besides the producers and the people that hired me, like at the at the that are running the show, everybody on the set thinks I live like a mile away and I walk to work every day. They're like, oh, "You live in New York. You li- what do you do? Like what do you do for a living?" So nobody really knows me here personally. They're slowly getting to know me. And I go, Oh, I do YouTube. They're like, can you do that for a living? Is that can you really make money on that? And this is all TV people and they have no wow. idea. They're like, how do you make money on YouTube? I really I don't understand how that happens. Like, does YouTube pay you? And I go through the whole explanation. I've explained it to probably 10 people so far. And uh, you should make a
0: video about that. Just <laughs> send them a link to it.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. I'm like, Yeah, I got a check in the mail. Sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's small. They're like, how, how do you and i'm just like i forget it but it's um things things definitely seem to keep getting busier and busier with more opportunities and then you know when you you, you commit to doing a video for somebody then all of a sudden they want to know exactly how you're going to do it then the pressure you're like oh wow well, i just have to do they want. recently i'm going to do a, a sponsored piece and they're like we want a script i'm like it's going to be two minutes long we want to i'm like i'm going to demonstrate your product like what more do you want to know so there's a little pressure there because all of a sudden it like seems like good money, but then I have to sit down and tell them exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because, But I mean, they deserve that. They deserve if they, you know, it's their right to ask. They're going to pay me to do something. They want to know what it's going to be. It's just, it's such an obvious product. I'm like, I'm going to demonstrate your product. Like what else, what else am I going to do? I don't even understand like why you think you need to see a script, but I'm doing it and I did it and they're okay with it. But stuff like that, there's more and more opportunities of like my agent hassling me, like say Make sure we do this. Let's not forget this. And it keeps reminding me and other stuff. And So it afforded me this opportunity that I'm in right now. And so I think the funny thing is I talked to one of the cameramen here on set, I explained to him and he goes, oh, so the more money you make, you must be up in your production value. I'm like, well, I mean, I I, I feel like I made the leap from the the flip cam to, to Dave, your used equipment. And it's, I still use your, the equipment I bought from you a year and a half ago. And that that was my upgrade. And now when I look at cameras to buy, I'm like, this all does exactly the same thing as the, the Nikon that I have. that still works. It just takes a picture and you could focus it. And, you know, okay, my lens is probably dirty. I'll get a new lens. So it's uh, he goes, do you up your value? Do you, you up your production value? I'm like, I, I guess, but it's not really the focus. It's like I'm not going to start getting audio equipment and like all the stuff you have around here and take 25 minutes to set up one shot. So... It affords me a lot more opportunities, of course, and it has become my full time job. But it's replaced everything I did three years ago. So it's it's not in addition to. So people think I'm breaking in the dough. I mean I'm making a I'm making a, a middle class living, I think. Yeah. So and make it an easier no, I mean, it's
2: easier approach. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the more successful that I get the more opportunities show up and I, and I am busier and I am hustling more than I did before, but it's because I keep adding to, I guess I keep pushing myself, but, and there's, there's just naturally more things to do. It's kind of like the, uh, there's a notorious B.I.G. song, more money, more problems. It's (laughs) like the, the more you have to do the, so now there's lawyers involved in reading contracts and you know some people have agents that you're so you're dealing with that you're dealing with bookkeeping and you know when i started off it was just like throw a camera on something and film it and now yeah i have a camera guy and so i'm, I'm managing that and i i now sell plans and i'm writing books and so when i add something to I don't take away something else so I'm just keep I keep adding on. That's what and, I was going to ask. Yeah, and I like being busy. I I wish I didn't complain about being as busy as as I I wish I didn't complain about it as much. I should take Bob's approach, but the truth is I like being busy. I like having something to do all the time.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I mean I I like I said I do that to myself. But I think for me personally, a while back, a couple of years ago, I could hear myself saying, you know, like last week you were saying people would ask you to do things and you would just immediately say no for, for a different reason. I found myself a couple of years ago going, people would ask me to go places or to do things with them and I would say, I'm just too busy. And then I'm like, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm creating this, this thing in my own head that like I'm too busy to, to, to do things with people. Because I've created all this stuff for myself to do, and that makes the people the thing that's being pushed off, not the work, and that's like the wrong priority for me. And so, when I caught myself doing that, I I said, "All right, look, I'm I'm choosing this life. I'm choosing how much work I put into things and where I put my attention. And for me to just fall back on busyness as an excuse to not do other stuff, that's that's me uh, not." not being honest about where I'm prioritizing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I should just say, like, no, you're not important enough (laughs) to me. Uh, My work is more important. And then when you say it that way, which is the same thing, but when you say it that way, you're like, oh, wow, like my priorities are out of whack. Like I need to change that. So I I tried to, like, actively decide that I'm not going to use that as an excuse for not doing things, and I'm not going to use it as an excuse for – well – I don't want to use it as an excuse for anything. So uh, there's this, there's this thing where people, uh, and it feels very metropolitan. Like it's, it feels like something in People in like New York or like San Francisco would do where it's just like, Oh, I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm in startup mode. Like I work all the time. And it's like, it's like a badge of honor to be overly busy and to be burnout all the time. And just to be like, I'm working so hard. and, I don't know that it's cosmic or it's metropolitan, but that's what it feels like. It's, it's like this, you know, like the modern, like worth it, work ethic is really just about proving how hard you work or proving how much time you spend on things. And so like, I saw myself going down that path of like, I'm just going to, I end up talking about how busy I am because I have kids and because I have this business and because I have, you know, and I was just like, why am I talking about this? Like, I don't need to convince anybody how busy I am. If if I'm busy, it's because I chose to be busy, and that has nothing to do with when somebody asks me a question about doing something or about, like, what I think or where I put my time, using busyness as a response is just not something I need to do for me personally. Long explanation for a question that you didn't ask. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> but the one good thing about being so busy, when you don't want to do something, you just say, I'm really busy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. true. That's true. So
0: yeah. Oh, dinner I, with works. the
1: in-laws. Ah, I'm busy. Yeah, busy. I got to deliver that video. You know that thing I got to do.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you. I was going to ask you, David, because you said that you were adding things to it. Um, like as our businesses change, and as we go from making videos by ourselves in our garage to whatever we do next, like we, we started a podcast and we added that to the pile. And it was another weekly thing that we've been doing for a very long time on top of what we were doing before. Like, have you seen, well, I know the answer to this, but what are some things that you've seen over your self-employed life that you've let go of to make room for new things that you wanted to try?
2: Oh, well, um, since I've gone the self-employment route, I haven't been in a band that's, that's Mm. one thing right there. I have also done a lot less photography for fun Mm -hmm. uh, outside of the workshop. So, and usually when you get, you remove a hobby it's it it, it it removes part of you but i haven't felt like i've lost anything because i've gained this new thing this this new thing has replaced those things and i still want to get back into music and photography and i still have all the stuff to do that and i'm sure i will but i don't feel like there's a void because i've created this this environment where i can be creative all the time in my shot right
0: yeah it's not like you put those things aside to go, like, work at a desk job facing a wall all day. It's exactly. exactly. It's different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's funny. Uh, in, the sa- in the same vein, I think to myself when I wasn't as busy in the evenings as I am now, and I used to go to, like, cafes and hang out with friends on a nice night and sit at the cafe and just people watch and, and go to the movies. I haven't been to, like, I haven't been to a movie theater in, like, five years. Like I haven't watched the movie beginning to end, even on TV. I don't watch any TV. It's so funny. I'm meeting all those people like, oh, I work on this, I work on that. I never even heard of the TV show American Ninja Warrior till the other day. And then I come back to my hotel and then it's on the TV. There's like so many things that just whoosh, go right by me because I'm editing every night.
2: We're working in the shop. When when you guys do have the opportunity to go to the movies or to do something that's purely entertainment. Do you feel guilty or do you feel anxious yes. when you're not at home?
1: Absolutely. I, I know. I think. I know. I got to deliver this thing because I'm so busy. I got to do this thing, and it's not getting done because mm-hmm. I'm here. But there is a moment in time when it's all when your your to do list is good for a couple of days, and you're like, "Wow, I'm relaxed. I can relax."
0: See, I don't feel that way if it's something that I've chosen to do. Like, I love to see science fiction movies and superhero movies and that's my like escapism you know I just get to go there and forget about everything else for a while and enjoy that and so when those come out I'm like yes I definitely want to go see superhero X movie and just enjoy it and not feel bad about it that's awesome but on the same side if somebody else like needs you know needs a friend needs somebody to hang out with and they're like hey will you go to this movie with me and it's like something I'm not really interested to see But it's still like a good movie or still some good, you know, there's a good behind it. I go to that and I'm just like, I should really be doing other things right now. (laughs) You know, So it's weird. I think it's it's very like, I guess it's a selfish thing. If I'm motivated to it, then I don't feel bad about it. Otherwise, I feel like I'm being pulled away from, you know, work. So you, you said you were talking about hobbies that you've let go. But what about like within work? Like I know you stopped doing a certain show because it was taking up a lot of time and the return wasn't good. And you've replaced it with a bunch of other things. Is there anything like that? Or like Jimmy, maybe for you, is there anything that you work-wise yeah. I won't that take you just any work. Do I absolutely
1: won't take any work if I have to do an installation at a house. Absolutely, mm-hmm. the minute I hear from my old clients, I'm like, I'll make something and drop it off and put it on furniture pads, like on the ground in your apartment. I am not doing any installations anymore. Just don't have the time, and it's it's something I never liked doing to begin with. So now I have a good enough excuse. I'll spend two days making a video before I install something that I could earn fifteen twenty thousand dollars on because it just takes too much time and there's always callbacks and it's always like oh the trim separated you know that's just too much too many strings attached and there was a time when I had nothing else to do but that there was no choices but now that I have choices that's it I'm too old to be dragging things up stairwells and elevators
0: dragging things up elevators (laughs) You know, (laughs) intel dragging him to
1: the elevator and you realize it doesn't fit, so then you gotta drag it to the stairwell. That's Uh, like that is a nightmare. Yeah.
2: No more. I tinker less. Mm. I there's a lot less tinkering. I there there's never a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go in the shop and start gluing things together and see if I can make something. Everything is planned out now because I think of like my time is the most valuable thing I have and so I'm trying to organize everything in my life and so there's no tinkering anymore.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. A couple weeks ago when I was talking about like kind of being stuck you know I had some really great comments from people you know giving me ideas of like how to to get motivated again and how to get things moving and somebody said, I don't remember who it was, said not everything has to be a video just go in and like play in the shop and while I understand and appreciate what they were trying to say like take a break and just be creative. For me, and and I think for all of us in what we do, it's like if you go and make something and you don't make a video out of it, you're essentially throwing away money and time. Because if you had made a video out of it, it would produce some sort of an income or some sort of a something. And so that's, as easy as that is to say, it's actually kinda hard to do, at least for me, to justify going in and just playing around, you know, for more than just a few minutes. Uh, without getting some sort of something out of it, uh, even if that's just making the shop more usable. Like, I've been doing some of that lately, you know. Like, um, certain organization things in the shop don't need a video because they're not that interesting, but spending that 20, 30 minutes doing that thing will actually make the shop more usable, which makes videos easier to produce. So, there, you know, there's value in that, too. But, uh, yeah, it's it was weird when he said that, though, because I was just kind of like, actually... Everything kind of does have to be content. <laughs> I mean, when it's when it's paying your bills, you know, it kind of does. But
2: yeah,
0: I don't know. Anyway, um, all right. Got anything else on that? That's
2: a good question.
0: It was a good question. I like that one. Hmm. What part of making is most satisfying to you, from Master of None?
1: Hmm.
2: Hmm. I think I the guess showing really- off part.
1: Yeah, reading the comments mm-hmm. and showing off, hitting that publish button, at least in the YouTube world. Mm-hmm. But the most satisfying part of making something that has nothing to do with YouTube is being done and sitting back and looking at it. Hmm. I always tell my students, you always want to make that type of thing, that the very next morning when you open your eyes, the first thing on your mind is, I can't <laughs> wait to go look at that thing I made the night before. That's, that's really the most mm. satisfying thing. Did you guys ever have that experience? Yeah. And yes, out, yep. con- contrary, you have the experience where you're like, oh, I got to go finish that thing in the shop. So yeah. when you have that one and, and you juxtapose it against the one where you wake up and you can't wait to go look at it or can't wait to go put that finishing touch on it and take a picture of it and show it off, that's, that's the most satisfying part.
0: I felt that way about this desk in this office because it was like they were undone for so long and I didn't have them. Once I had them in place, I would like come down here at night before bed and just like, stand in the middle of the room and look around and be like, yeah <laughs> I got an office <laughs> I made a mm-hmm. desk
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's that's it it's like when you sit and you just contemplate something you just spent hours or days on it's really satisfying knowing you're like yeah I made
2: that that's yeah. right there's also the any any project that has challenges or something I did for the first time or uh, just general anything like the the kitchen table that I just made I can go look at that and it looks great And I know that there's three or four stories behind that thing of Mm. how many things that went wrong. And, and, uh, I, even though I was frustrated at that time, now I kind of look at it and like, yeah, there's, there's some stories to that table now, you know, that, that was, that was a part of me for a week that I had to deal with.
0: Yeah. Kind of like that. I have this thing and I just realized this as you were saying that, um, I do a lot of like, uh, what's the word? Precrastination, where I <laughs> say, like, I know I need, like this metal break that I did yesterday. I thought about that for several days and like looked up a few different ways to do it. And there's the only thing tricky about making it at all is that the pivot point needs to be right in the center of where the two pieces are going to bend. So right. when you put on hinges, it has to be in the center, and which is not hard to do, not complicated at all. But in my mind, for some reason, it was like this the one thing that I was gonna have trouble doing or the one thing that I actually had to think about when I was doing it. And I I was procrastinating ahead of time, like just not really getting to it and kind of pushing it back and like trying to find other stuff to do and get all the other pieces in place. And then there was that moment where I was like, okay, this is actually easy. All I have to do is take the hinge apart, flip one side over, and then I have two offset pieces. This makes no sense because you can't see it, but <laughs> two offset pieces okay, that yeah. make the hinge work the way that it needs to work. And I figured that out. And then it was like that was like being at the top of the hill of the roller coaster, like that last moment where you're like climbing up, and then all of a sudden everything was downhill and it was fast. And I was like, cool, I can make this thing. And that felt so good to get past that one little. Like, uh ah, this is the tension point that I don't know how to do, and then now it's like, Okay, floodgates are open, let's make this thing, and I just burned through it and got it done, and that felt so good. Yeah. Just getting past that hump, I think.
1: Yeah, a lot of times the mental the mental hump in a project is the biggest one. The physical is yeah. is easy once you get the mental done and you're like, Oh, okay, I got this. I figured this out before I even get started. And then it's just a breeze.
0: Yeah. Yep. Oh, here's a good one. Jimmy, this one's for you from Michael. If Jimmy goes f- Hollywood full-time, is there still a podcast? <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
1: Well, we know oh, there's no a- Maker Fair. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely, because I've been through this now. This will be, I think, the, I can't remember exactly, but it's either the sixth or the seventh official full-blown like blown TV show I'm involved with. And I know from the past that they come and go so quickly mm. yeah. that make no plans and do not count any chickens before they hatch. And my regularly scheduled life is going to stay exactly as it can as long as it can. I have no plans yeah. on dropping my YouTube or dropping this or anything. Absolutely yeah. not.
0: And I think that even if you know any of us had like a big life change like that where focus changed, I think we could probably still find a way to work Stuff like this in, you know. I mean I I would hope so. So Plus, I wouldn't worry about that for podcast. That's right. That's right. We're gonna you guys do guys that hear a, that. David you wanna was hear asking a, about.
1: Um a very a very funny piece of advice I got from Nick Offerman. Uh so when I did the show Dirty Money and we were feeling neglected and they weren't giving us answers if we were gonna do more episodes and they cancelled our all of the media that they were gonna put money behind for doing put PR for the show. I was really frustrated, and I wrote to Nick. I was like, Nick, what do I do? This is like such a frustrating experience. No one's like telling me anything. And his answer was hilarious. He wrote back, he said, get better at woodworking. And that's all he wrote. It's, it just said, get better at woodworking. And what he meant was, you have absolutely no control over that world. The only thing mm-hmm. you can control is the things you enjoy. And if you enjoy doing those things, he said... You know, this is the explanation that wasn't even written in the email. You know, Nick's like a sensei sometimes when he just writes a simple question and answer like that. But his implication was just do what you love and don't count on this fairy tale world. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it sometimes it works. Most of the time, it doesn't. So, and that was the best piece of advice I got. Is that, you know, be satisfied mm. with your own life. And this is just you know a temporary job that'll come and go. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Uh let's do one more. Want to do All one right. more? Let's see here. Oh, this is a good one from Wasim. Is there pressure to make vids that are challenging as opposed to basic build videos? Do you balance what everyone can make over what you want to make? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Answer
2: is yes. <laughs> okay, let's move on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's uh I this is a business. And so I do have to make videos that people want to watch. Otherwise, I don't have a business. I can't just always make something simple or make what I want to make. I need to kind of tailor my stuff to my audience. Now, maybe I help train my audience to like or enjoy what I'm doing. And we're going down a path. And it's not for everybody. But... Yeah, there's there's when I when I do a bunch of little simple projects, the comments will start coming in like, you should build something bigger. I want to see you make Uh a desk or this or that. Yeah, so there's there's a little bit of pressure and and I I'm 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 up for it.
0: And and vice versa. You probably get the opposite, too. If you do like complicated things for a while, people are like, do some hand tool projects or do some, you know, some more simple things. I mean, I get that.
1: I like to try and keep a healthy mix of big projects and little ones. I call them my epic builds, the ones that take a long time, a couple of weeks, and then they end up being like a 12 or 15 minute edit. At the moment, I'm between two, I'm in the middle of making two things like that. I have to just finish them.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I go back and forth about that some, because I do my best not to even, like, I I try not to worry about what people are going to think of, like, the, well, that's not what I meant. I do my best to not take into what people want into consideration as to what I'm going to make. You know, I care what they think about what I make, but I try not to say, like, what would people really like to see this week? I try to just make stuff that I am interested in or stuff that I need. But then where the the viewer, the audience comes into that is, like, if I'm going to make, well, like this metal break, like I know that I could weld the entire thing up very easily, very quickly. It would be stronger if I did it full metal, and, you know, did it in more a more complex way than I actually did. But I know that that's also going to limit the number of people that it's going to be relevant to because not everybody has a welder, not everybody has a, a bandsaw, not everybody has a, you know, all these things. And I don't want to build to the lowest common denominator of what everybody has access to because then I don't think that's good either. Uh, so in, like, in that project in particular, I tried to find a middle ground of, like, there is some welding, but it's not necessary. I did use a bandsaw and a metal chop saw, but you don't have to. I showed that you can actually do it with a Dremel as well. You know, so I tried to, like, make it to where it, it's kind of in the middle, even though the project as a whole isn't complicated or hard. It's just a project. Um, so I do try to take that stuff into consideration as to how things are made sometimes. But then at the same time, like... I don't know, I, I get, and you guys, I know you guys get it too You get comments of like, well if I had that saw I could make that too, or if I had this And I don't want to fall into the trap of like Using every tool I have on every project You know, because then not everybody Then nobody could make exactly what I have If they don't have the same tools At the same time, I have a shop full of tools <laughs> That I really like, and I want to use, use them I use
1: everything all the time
0: <laughs> I just look at any excuse to use anything.
1: I use everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, because that's I like showing I, stuff I off. I like, I mean, I, I sometimes I take the long route just to show off some tools, just so I could say, hey, look, you could do these three different ways with this thing, you know?
0: Yeah.
2: And I think that's why people watch some of your videos, to see these tools that they don't have. Like, I'm never going to have a CNC metal mm-hmm. m- cutting machine, but yeah. I like watching you use it, you know? Oh, thank you. Oh yeah. Well,
0: like I had never seen anybody. I'd <laughs> I'd never seen a belt grinder. Oh yeah. Before the the one that you have, and then I saw you use it so many times, I was like, that looks like that would be really handy. It is. You know, but like I I couldn't come up with any reason that I would need one for a long time, and then eventually it hit me, and I found one used, and I got it and refurbed it, and I used it a lot over the past like two weeks. You, I've used you use it a it lot.
1: For everything. Not just making yeah. a knife. I mean, I use it for, you know, I use it for making a knife about
2: 2% of the time I use it. Cool. Yeah, go, just like a, a quick example is I love doing the art pieces, but if you went to my videos right now and you saw some of the art pieces that I done, like the knot art, and then there's like this epoxy um, picture frame thing, they perform far worse than any of my other videos but Mm. those are the ones that i love doing my my knot art has half the views of the video that that followed it so i have to i i already know like if i make a video on like how to properly set up your bandsaw is going to do way better than uh uh, making a a wood sculpture piece yeah
0: do you think that's I mean, like in that particular example, I know it's just an example, but do you think that's because one is like a more of a technical tool setup thing and one is more art, or do you think it's because like complexity or like why do you think there there's that big gap?
2: I don't I don't I don't I just think my audience wants to see traditional woodworking stuff. Mm. And then there's the and I get the um the comments on the art pieces like this is amazing. You know, I'm never going to do this, but that's really cool. And I like every one of your videos because I like your style. And I get all that. And then I also get the, the other side too, like just. Did you run out of paradoxes. ideas? <laughs> yeah, did you run out of ideas? That's my favorite. <laughs>
0: Mine, like, I, I get a lot of, you know, if I do a woodworking thing, it's like, hey, you should do more 3D printing. And then on my 3D printing videos, it's like, hey, why are you doing 3D printing? You should do more woodworking. I'm like, ugh, I can't do it Not all. Everybody. <laughs> I'm, Not everybody. I'm trying everybody to do has it has all. everybody
1: has a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah. 3D print a hand plane. Do that. 3D print like a hand plane and then make the something.
0: There's actually a mm-hmm. guy that's been working on one of those in the I Like to Make Stuff uh, Facebook group. Oh, and right. he 3D, 3D printed the whole, it's a little block plane, and mm, did the whole cool. thing. And I think he's having some trouble with getting the angle to a usable angle. But, right. yeah, that's being done, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. That's great. So, yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. All you guys right. been watching anything cool? Listening to anything cool? Reading anything cool? Uh,
2: I'm going to go down the music route like you did last week, Bob. Oh. And I'm going to pick... The new LCD Sound System record—it's really, it's really good, um, yeah. up until the last three songs. But the the first five are fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, what happened in the last three songs?
2: Uh, they, they they just get a little boring. I think they're at the end of the album for a certain reason. They ran out of they're ideas. kind of. They mm. ran out of ideas. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it, it's really good. It, and uh, I was really ready to hate the album because I already knew it wasn't going to be as dancey and as playful as the previous albums. But once I got past that mental uh, preconceived idea that I that I had for the album, it was it, it, they're really good songs. They're just they're good songs. Yeah,
0: nice. What you got Jimmy.
1: Uh, I'm gonna push Brett. Brett is my shop assistant. A lot of people wonder what he did with David Welder. David Welder's alive and doing well. And Brett <laughs> did not kill David Welder and replace him.
0: <laughs> there can be only one. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, David, actually, David's going to be doing just a quick update on David. I don't know if he minds me talking about him, but David Welder bought a house with his girlfriend, a small house in the country, about 100 miles from me, and not, maybe about 60 miles from me. And he is going to start his channel back up again doing stuff about the house and working out in the woods. He's got five-acre plot and a house that him and his dad already, they got it for a real deal because the roof was crushed. Like while the house was for sale, a tree fell on the house. And so whatever, I don't know know what the asking price was, but – the house was immediately reduced because now it's damaged. And so they got a good deal on the house. And Dave and his dad already fixed the roof and everything. So look forward to some videos from Dave. But that really wasn't what I meant to say. It was going to say, check out Brett. Because Brett's been doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff in my shop. And his most recent video is another shop update. He's put out quite a few shop updates where he shoots the stuff where I'm just more focused on getting done. And he's busy trying to put together a video. And he put up the new idea board while I've been here. And he... Shows how we set up this big rack that I got from my buddy, uh, a big storage rack that uh, my buddy was closing his warehouse. And he said, come take it. So I was holding out. I was about to buy it from Uline for thousands of dollars. And he's like, don't spend a dollar. I'm going to give you two. So I Mm. went and I picked up all this pallet racking. So Brett and I put that together and, and an old chalkboard that I had from... job i did last summer where i made a big chalkboard and the high school gave me three chalkboards i only used two of them so i ended up putting one up well brett put it up in the shop while i've been here so go check out brett mcafee skull and spades is his channel and he's got some really cool build videos and he just started youtube i guess when we met like around i guess the beginning of the new year somewhere sometime around there and he's getting his he's getting his groove on youtube so go check him out
0: and he's done some editing for Taylor, right? Yeah, he edited Taylor's. Yep, he yeah. did
1: Taylor's uh, three movies that are up right now, and he is a uh, motion graphics designer and builder. So he's got some really cool graphics interwoven into his live action stuff. Awesome. And he's a, and he's a comic book um, nerd. He's like, no, well, he's like a he's a he's a game nerd. So he incorporates a lot of the gaming stuff into his videos, which is really cool. Oh,
0: huh. nice.
1: Um, I'm going to talk about somebody I've talked about before,
0: a Wheezy Waiter. We've talked about Wheezy Waiter before, right? Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: So he's he's been on YouTube for like 10 something years, and he's consistently funny. He's just a comedy guy. He does like little skit things every day and always has just, it's, it's like really well written. He's great comic timing, and his channel is just not as big as it should be. Like, he should be giant. And he's just he it's he's awesome, um, so I think everybody should go check him out. His wife is pregnant right now for the first time, and so there's a lot of videos about like, you know, he he does a lot of these like I'm um, look how smart I am, but it's really dumb. So he does it on purpose. Like he's like six things I learned about pregnancy, and so it's really obvious stuff. You know, and he makes them all into jokes, and it's a really good series of stuff. So go check out his name's Craig, but wheezy Waiter. I second down there. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, you guys got anything <laughs> Funny else? story. Oh, yes. I,
2: I I met him for the first time in the bathroom of a restaurant, and I was like, Wheezy waiter," and he's like, "This is weird meeting people in the bathroom." And I was like, "You're right," and that was the end of the conversation. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, nice. We, we we were washing our hands just to yeah. be completely clear. We you were washing each other's stall, hands. <laughs>
0: Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. (laughs) Cool. You guys got anything else for this week? That was a good episode. It was. Thanks for the questions, everybody. Keep sending them in. I thought it was good to have thoughtful questions. Uh, I guess that's it. And we'll see you next week.
1: Love you guys.